Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Hi, thanks for calling the London is Blue podcast. We're out of the country right now visiting our friends in London over at Fulham SW6 at Stamford Bridge. If you want, you can leave a message after the beep. Come on, you blues. This is William. You listen to London is Blue. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the London is Blue podcast, your home for all things Chelsea FC. Nick, Dan, and I cover all of Chelsea's latest matches, team news, and even throw you some exclusive interviews. Thank you for being an awesome listener. And with no further delay, let's jump right in. All right, so uh, for the second part, we're just going to do pretty much a hard shift being honest, and move into more about uh, the state of the supporters a little bit, or kind of like us, you know, intermingling amongst each other is is people from all over the world coming to support Chelsea and kind of um, how we can, A, lean on you guys for help when we bring a bunch of, of new fans to the bridge and what we can do to help, and also... You know, from your guys' standpoint, you have a lot of hardships that we probably take for granted or blind to, uh, just like we have some hardships that, you know, you guys aren't interested in because it doesn't affect you either. So just kind of kicking it off, um, going to drop it off to American Dan here, uh, starting it and just kind of, you know, open it up on your side. You know, you should call him Lieutenant Dan. 
It's too much authority. <laughs> yeah, it needs to be like Private Dan, like some Private Dan. Yeah, with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> that would make all Dan Forrest Gump, though. <laughs> stupid, oh, stupid does. Yeah, box of chocolates, yeah. right? Yeah, life is like a... I'm sorry, rich? Okay, in. Anyways, I'm just going to talk about the international fan side of it. Uh, you have now moved from East Coast to West Coast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which means 4.30 a.m., 5 a.m., 5.30 a.m. kickoff time. So you silly, crazy people over there. Mike Um, told me it was going to be like that. I didn't believe him. And then I got there, and they were awful. They are awful. Yeah, time zones are real, Dan. But but here's the thing. Like, waking up at 4 a.m. or 3 a.m. or whatever it is to get ready for whatever match that is, I think pales sometimes in the significance of the commuting responsibility of the fan who is traveling to some of these away matches, which is you know, can involve multiple line transfers, cha- you know, train changes. Yeah, you know, we've seen some of the stuff. You know, I mean, how many times does you know our friend Dan Levine like tweet out like the closures, and you're like, mm-hmm. wow, this is going to be a really interesting commuting experience yeah. for for you guys. Yeah, then. I mean, in fairness, if we get up to like Sunderland or Newcastle at twelve o'clock on Saturday, we're up at similar times anyway to yeah. get the train or the club coach. So, no. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's the sacrifices you make for your club, whether you're in the UK or in America, wherever you are, you make the sacrifices. It's just distinguishing between the fact that like the a lot of the challenges are similar, but we just feel them in different ways. Like the time is similar. Like we're, you know, you guys might be able to go to that, you know, Wednesday night uh, or you know Thursday night match. Yeah. Thursday night matches this season. Um, where we're doing that midday and trying to figure out our work schedule yeah. around it, and you know, our, you might have to go travel to this away match that we basically can wake up in bed and like throw it up on the TV and be good to yeah, go. But Dan, that, you know, uh, sorry, Lieutenant Dan, uh, <laughs> I, I, I lost all sympathy, and I, I don't take this the wrong way, my American friends, but I lost all sympathy for you when one of my great American Chelsea friends, he lives in LA, and uh, I, I phoned him up and I said, "So you go to the Fox and Hounds to watch the football?" And he said, "Chidge." What do you what do you think I'm going to do? I said, well, you're going to go go to the pub at seven in the morning and have a pint or two and watch. He said, mate. He said, I'm going to be in bed with my supermodel girlfriend, watching it on a 60 inch plasma screen that's at the end of the bed. Why would I go to the pub? <laughs> and, I, and at that moment, I just thought, yeah, yeah, I get that. <laughs> you know, but there was no hardship. Well, like in some respects, you could possibly say there was, but generally there was no hardship involved with this decision whatsoever. Um, I guess also a lot of it is down to where you are in the country. Because my friend Dennis, who's over from Toronto, he lives like an hour from yeah. the nearest Chelsea pub. So yeah. Well, exactly. That's the other thing, isn't it? Yeah. Like Beth in Texas, yeah. they're like miles away. But I think, you know, look, there's there's so much rubbish talked about this issue, and the reality is, is that whatever hardship we go through by, you know, having to get up at six in the morning to go on a a match to Sunderland or Newcastle or whatever, which kicks off at 12 o'clock. We, we get to be there. We get to be yeah. at the game, yeah. enjoying that day out with our friends, having a beer in the pub before and afterwards, sucking up the atmosphere and absolutely enjoying it and, fe- and feeling stupidly, possibly naively at best, that we're affecting the outcome. But we get to be there. You guys don't. And that's shit. For you, you know, uh, that's the reality. But there's, there's, there's no naivety there because when I watch a game on telly, it's horrendous. Oh, it's awful, I hate it, yeah, I hate when it. When I'm there, it's different. Yeah. It's horrendous in a different way. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> you, you basically, if you are physically in the stadium, you believe yeah, that you, you can do. influence yeah. it in some way, which is absolute rubbish because, of course, you can't. No. But you feel that you can. But you feel that you can. When I watch it on telly, uh, it's... 
it's horrendous. So you feel I, part I of it, don't you? with you guys yeah. so much because watching it on telly yeah, exactly. is just. Is it is it because you can't see the full pitch? To no. me, that's the no. biggest no. thing. Well, when we're here at the bridge. No, it's also no, the choices made really by the director yeah, exactly. as well. If you the director. Right. At the same time, yeah. And so on and so forth. You see the whole game, don't you? I don't think so. I just think it's a complete. It's just a mind thing that you actually think that if you no, are there, is that. you do have some control. I have over. never had that feeling ever at a football yeah, game. You're too busy to ever. I was thinking <laughs> it's going off in some way. If I just but that's because you get your butler to watch for you. Closes <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's true>. <laughs> his eyes and he describes the last goal it. He saw like yeah. Kerry Dixon's last yeah. goal. For Chelsea, yeah. <laughs> but there's another thing too, which, which you know, I think that we over here forget. Uh, and, and we should remember as well is that when we go and let's say well actually it doesn't matter if it's shit we go it's crap we lose but we get to drink with our friends afterwards and we soon forget about how shit it was if we were brilliant and we win we get to go out with our friends who were at the game in the pub afterwards and celebrate it so it's a, it's a communal thing we're not doing it in isolation we're there with our friends whether it's good I, or bad and that's, know, that's great because the whole, the whole thing when the club sent out lots of gifts to the American fans. It was a huge uproar wow, on Twitter. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, well, quite, quite frankly, I, you know, being able, position to go to games week in, week out, to me is worth more than any yeah, signed exactly. shirt. Well, no, no, no. I'm, I was going to give right? you. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to give you the pint glasses in exchange. Yeah. I thought we had agreed in. Yeah, but not, not in public. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's non-binding. Yeah, it's not binding. Yeah. 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 Hey, hey, Brandon, I, I want to jump in because you know Raymond and I. We, we used to live in Seattle. There's a great supporters group there. Probably you know 50 people for games. Sometimes 200 to 300 people there. And when we moved about 40 miles south to Tacoma, mm-hmm. we started a supporters group mm-hmm. because to me. Football is community. Yeah, you know, I, I think right. we see the toxicity in social media because there are a lot of people who are at home by themselves yeah. watching stuff, freaking out because it's about it's about your mates, it's about sharing some beers, it's about that commu- it's about community. Yeah. So we're not traveling to games, but Raymond and I, I mean, we started Rainier Blues a year, two years ago, yeah. and we're at a pub. At four a, you know, we we have people just who, who the two will of be, you. <laughs> you know, some of our, our, our four thirty a.m. games. All have, you need is two people for listen, a group. Listen, we have at least ten people at some of the four thirty games. Mean, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's, the whole thing, like look up, you know, Chidge and I and the whole group we drink with our, at the cock. There's just such a huge cross section of people from different backgrounds, different whatever it is. And it's just a great family who come mm. together for Chelsea. I mean, last 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 uh, home match, the Leicester match was yeah. a, was a really good case in point. I mean, I know it was the match before Christmas, so you know a few more people came out, but we were pretty pissed off because we'd lost them. You know, we hadn't played very well. But genuinely, after about two or three pints, nobody was even talking about the football anymore. Yeah. You know, the well, whole thing had disappeared, yeah. and we were just having a great great yeah. evening. And I, and I think but, that speaks to what we did after Spurs last year. Oh, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, that. it was in the Atlas, exactly. We, we you know drank exactly for what, I mean. yeah. what six hours, <laughs> commiserating. And Nick went shrieking. It was so weird. Yeah, not the first um, one. <laughs> but like we, we saw each other before, and you know we were. Kind of, I think everyone was kind of nervous for yeah. that one. We we all yeah. kind of had had a little kind anxiety. Yeah. Flipping the other way around, I was in Chicago and I met with the Chicago people at yeah. their pub, and it was just felt just as much as part of the family there as I did coming here because they they really get it, they know the songs, you know, Bron, you know, he knows everything, he really organises the pub, and it's really great. So from 
you know, English guy going to America to watch a match. It was fantastic. Sure. It was, you know, really, really thoroughly enjoyed myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was a but good, that could be after Spurs, right? The worst loss, you know, Thirty in, a, in, years. A, in a long time for, I think, for, <laughs> for you guys and, and certainly for us. We then just drank it away we were on, on Easter Sunday for yeah. as long as we could until there was there was no there was a subway with some vegetables left that we, we had late night. Was, there, is, there is one there is one slight difference though, and, and, and it almost sounds a bit churlish to say this, and I don't I don't mean it like that, but. When you go to a home match, particularly, it's like you are going to church. You're going to your cathedral yeah. to commune with what's going on on the pitch, but also with the people that you are communing with. And the difference between that and I suspect, and I've, I've watched you know games in pubs in the states with with American supporters, and had a great time. But it's the difference is is you know one is you're going to the cathedral, and the other is you're watching Jimmy Swagger on TV, and that is the difference. And there's no getting away from that, which is why when you guys come over here and you get to experience what we are, I mean, don't underestimate this. We get how lucky and privileged we are. We get to do it every week. But you get it when you come over here, and I think you you really resonate with that, and you go, yeah, that's what it's about. It's a pilgrimage. It is. It's yeah. a pilgrimage. And we, we get that's that you get that. You yeah. know, that's why we like There's you guys. Guy, I think Adam Harrods, who's, I think, one of the New York Blues, and I got my tickets first ever Chelsea match and sat next to me. You just see him like walk into the stadium the first time and just like seeing this, you know, guy in his early thirties face as he walks into Stanford Bridge mm. for the first time. We were just talking about that. Like, the moment we that, that, that just, just like, walking the shed wall today. Incredible, incredible moment when people see yeah. that, you know, because you know I've done it a thousand times, but you see this guy, a so grateful for the ticket, b just the experience and how much he loved it. That that kind of. It's the kind of family you you choose because we're all together for the same thing. You know, we all support mm. Chelsea, and you know, to see the, helping people to facilitate getting tickets is, is amazing. A, I mean, Dan's a great point yeah. because I've been going for a few weeks, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. a bloody Johnny really got into this lane and, and, yeah. and, ba- and basically, I just turn up because that's what I do. Yeah. Because I've had a scene ticket forever, and I go and I see my mates and that's what I do that's part of my life and you do forget how special it is I mean every now and again something will happen and you'll think this is why well, I do it well the city game for example yeah. this year the, 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 this, why am I here this is <laughs> <laughs> the I, I, ba- I think that a lot about my life <laughs> but no you're, it, it is we take it for granted because we do it yeah. so often and because it's not you know it's not a big ask you know for me it's 45 minutes on a tube and I'm there but it's a, a question for you then is why do you see the toxicity forming and I think growing at times between match going supporters and quote unquote fans because people need to to get a life why does it matter? I can expand on that. Well, well yeah, but, but you're, you're right. And but, I'm not, I'm I mean, basically, it doesn't. I don't care. People well, but, don't care. But Clayton, before any of these lovely people turned up, you know, you'd get the brigade would say, "Well, you weren't born in Battersea or Chelsea, so you can't be a Chelsea fan." So you know, you get to these ridiculous details and degrees of what makes you a Chelsea fan and what doesn't, and it's basically envy and a fear of lack of ownership. You know, you are no longer special if other people can do what you do. And I think that that goes to a heart of it. And I think, you know, most of it, as with a lot of these problems, all really boils down to envy and being a bit too precious. Completely. And and I, because I'm this sort of person, I don't get that. I really really don't get that. You think that 
yeah, most most you guys have come over maybe one or two matches, then you'll get back on the plane and you may not come back for another year. Whereas you and I will be going week after week yeah. after week. So I have, I have no issue with it, and it's. But there's something else too, Dan. I mean, you know, you you're a your dad was a Chelsea fan. Yeah, my granddad. Your granddad so we're, was. We're approaching. So how many generations? Well, it's be a hundred years. In 2020. Yeah. Well, we've only been, yeah, so pretty much from the beginning. Oh, yeah. Jonathan? Wow. Jonathan? Uh, my father used to go in the 30s. Yeah. yeah. But what about his dad? Uh, no. He, so you're only second he generation. He fast, yeah. Okay. Linfield, he supported. They oh, were blue he? and Blues white. Blues brothers. Yeah, yeah. shouldn't say that. Uh, uh, Clayton? No. I mean, my dad wasn't a big football right. fan, but my dad took me because yeah. I was so passionate about right. it. He, he, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was my uncle. Oh, we can right. edit that out. That was my uncle. Okay, okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. read, read, read my book. So you're first yeah. generation, um, Chelsea. Yeah. As am I. Yeah. You know, and, my, and I'm taking my son now, yeah. which is great. Yeah. And as I, as I explained you, to you, you earlier should, in You the should pub. quickly tell the story that you were telling before we recorded the podcast about your son. Yeah, no, I was, I was so proud really of good. my son today because most people, you know, they're, they're proud because they get great grades at school or they do this or do that. I came home, I, my, my son came home and, and Spurs were winning 1-0 and he looked at the TV and he shook his head and went, oh, God. And then Wolves equalised and he was, yes. And then Wolves went 2 and up and he went, yes. <laughs> and then Wolves three, he went, yes. <laughs> and when they went back to Wembley, he said, "Is it four-one?" And it wasn't. But I was—it was a moment that made me so proud. But the, the, the point that I was making—I mean, Dan's family have been, yeah. you know, Chelsea going back generations. Jonathan too, Clayton, and, and myself are very similar. My dad was a Portsmouth fan. Um, he took me there when I was seven to Fratton Park, and I almost said, "I don't want you to be my father anymore." Because <laughs> even at the age of seven, I realised that it was absolute shit, and it was very violent too, and it frightened the hell out of me. But he then took me to Stamford Bridge uh, in '76, oddly not to see Chelsea. It was an FA Cup semi-final, but I fell in love with the ground, and that was it. So the bottom line is, it doesn't matter how you found it, or, or where, or you know when or how. But there will always be people that will say, "Well, I'm more Chelsea than you." I mean. Just round this table, Dan is more Chelsea than me, Jonathan and Clayton, yeah. right? So what I'm saying is, it's about respect. I, I respect Dan hugely. For I've that. never respected but, Dan. Well, <laughs> <laughs> to, to be fair, to be fair, Clayton, not for anything else. No, yeah, yeah. So I, I respect yeah. Dan hugely, but I, I can't, I can't have what Dan has. Yeah. But so and I'm okay with that. I just say, well, fair play, Dan. Good for you. I don't and can't have that, but it, it doesn't matter to me. You know. Yeah. And, and that's kind of where you guys and likewise, are. Likewise, you know, you or Clayton or you guys here, you're, you're Chelsea fans. Yeah. And that's all that matters. Yeah, you know, exactly. Chelsea fans. See, that's for us. And I know that when we kind of started this ridiculous idea of a podcast five years ago, thanks to you, Chidge. Oh, not another one. It's I my know. fault again. <laughs> you're responsible for a lot of the ills in this world. I'll tell you what, you're like a child support agency because you'd be fucked. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, hotline. Hotline. Really, you spend so many podcasts. Get a hotline. Yeah. I mean, for us, it's always just been about building a community in general. I think for us, like, I don't look at you and be like, you know what? He's got 100 years on me. I'm out. I tap out. Like, what's the point in that? I just be like, it's time to start a new 100 years in that sense. Or, like, that's what's, amazing. I think yeah, that's really it's, cool. It's this idea of, like, people want to establish a, a measuring stick to compare their quality yeah. of fandom to others and have some level of dominance over another individual. Anatomically? Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, we're, we're, we're talking wow. willy-waving. Yeah, yeah. Dro dropping the D on the table. Um, 
Yeah, but, but that, that, that's like, but you know, it's unnecessary. It's an it's unnecessary level of trying to put a gate in front of just being another member of this Chelsea community. And instead of saying, hey, we want to bring you in and we want to be supportive of that and we want to help you understand yeah. what the songs are and what the culture is and what exactly. the history What's is and what about? the moments are, it's actually, it pushes people away from feeling comfortable it's, as part of that group. Yes, because whether you're five it years old, whether you're five years or 100 years, you're still Chelsea. I mean, yeah. like you guys always say, yeah, like, you know, somewhere. like yeah. um, Lindsay from Detroit, you guys, can you get her a ticket? Got her a ticket, yeah. met her, seeing her face, getting Chelsea the first time, she loved yeah. it, and it was great. So little yeah. things like that we, we can do, you know, a weekly basis to help people get tickets. Right. I, I, think, really I think, care. you know, I think what under, underlines that, I mean, what, what uh, Lieutenant Dan just said <laughs> was, was bang on. Um, you know, you grow up, I mean, and, and one has to be careful here because I've got to be honest, I get really brassed off with, you know, kind of the fundamentalist way to support Chelsea. You know, people can support the club however they want to in my book and somehow you suddenly get these rules of how to support the club. I would rather that was... The proper Chelsea Yeah, you know, rules. I would rather that yeah, was yeah. put in terms of respect the culture, the traditions and the history of the club. You know, like that, uh, Brandon was saying, learn the songs, understand where they come from, you know, all of that, that's, I think that's important, but that's just a, you know, a thirst for the knowledge that one has when you get into something, but also a respect for that culture. But I mean, going back to, you know, Lieutenant Dan again, I, you know, well, not, not Lieutenant Dan, actually, other Dan. Uh, Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> Lance Corporal Dan. Yeah. I, you know, I, I could envy Dan because his, his family are more, far more Chelsea than I am, but, but I don't, I just respect him. That's the point, there will always be a hierarchy of support. I've written blogs about this yeah. in CFC UK. There will always be somebody who's been to more games than you. There will always be somebody who's supported the club longer than you. There will, all, you know, there's always going to be that. But just respect it. Don't right. don't yeah. sit there well, and envy it. And celebrate it and learn yeah. from it. You know, I mean, there's like a benefit like from a history perspective to understand like what has come previously before what's happening yeah. today and like how we continue to right. build this kind of rich community with vibrant stories. Exactly that. I, mean, exactly. I think the irony, the irony is that like. This is a game of fathers and sons, right? So you, you're taking your son, you're you know yeah. educating him along the way. He's yeah. obviously already quality. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then when it's a another fan, so from from America and you know a Chelsea fan it, who who has been going for 50 years, it seems like there's a huge a huge bridge to to get there, and it, like. Well, that's just prejudice. But, but then, uh, there's, there's a level of that that's of there's a level of that that's artificial, and yeah. I think the, we have to look at it from the fact that online, like socially, when you think about it, either Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is, there's a there's a it's a really really tiny sliver yeah. of what the reality of the situation too, is. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you can shout into the the atmosphere that like you hate this player, or you want them out of the club, or whatever it might be, and like that has become potentially for some local fans or supporters, like the identity of what a American or international supporter is, and that's not, that's not the Mate, you have people like that in the stadium. <laughs> I'm yeah. not joking. You've got like, the, yeah. the live You get plenty of dicks in the stadium, yeah. Yeah. seriously. But you, know. but, you know, I think this is a, an inherently American thing. I mean, we're talking about what Dan has as a birthright as opposed to kind of the American thing. We don't believe mm. in birthrights. We, you know, anybody who's a foreign fan, we've had to find our way to the club. Yeah. And I think there's something special in, you know, it, not to say that it's easy for, for Dan Silves yeah. because he was born into it, but if you don't have that reference and you found your way to the club and you support it in the ways that you do, 
you know, I think there's something yeah. really important about that. And, and I true. think at times, like, we don't celebrate that. And I think sometimes, too often you see American fans who are ashamed of as to when or why they came to the club. And you shouldn't be afraid or, of that. Or, or, they're, or, afraid, or they're afraid to ask the crucial question right. because, because they're going to get judged If you're here and if level. you're doing it the yeah. right way, if you're a supporter, you're not a tourist or a fan. You're part of this family, and, and, and totally you agree. should be proud. It's, it's a huge family, whether it's going to be, you know, you're born within a mile of Stamford Bridge or you're, you know, 5,000 miles away in LA, or whatever it might be, you're still Chelsea. It's irrelevant. Well, well, if yeah. the stadium atmosphere, which I've heard is a, a major complaint over the years, is not as vibrant as it could be because you get more, quote-unquote, tourists joining. No, I think That's it depends who they're playing. It's, it's, it's no less cheerleaders, right? <laughs> where you, where no, it's not that either. I mean, I'm... I'm part of my roles on the supporters it's trust. It's full of old like, people who feel they've done their bit there. And you talk about your phone. No, I'm saying this. The American fan base are by far and away the most yeah, engaged exactly. when it comes to Chelsea. They're, whether they're from you know, the Asian market, they spend the whole time on their iPhones recording the match. You know, the, the Americans really buy into Chelsea so much more than any other fan group across that I've experienced across the world. You guys really get it, and I think it's... you know. But I, I, you, let's put this into the context, Dan, and this is something that we have to deal with on the supporters trust a lot but the reality is is that Chelsea has one of the oldest uh, demographics of any Premier League club the average age of season ticket holder is <laughs> it's actually younger than Jonathan it's actually my age it's about it's, it's mid 50s you look amazing that's the average the average demographic the average the average demographic is is in its mid 50s right secondly over the last 20 years because of the way that football's gone in this country it's become a rich man's game. I mean, basically, young people and working class people have been priced out. So you've, it's been gentrified, basically. And gen people who, you know, are middle class aren't going to be singing, you know, all the naughty songs or, or even going to know a lot of the songs. And yet, against Man City the other day, the atmosphere was brilliant. Febrile. Febrile, well expressed, yeah. Because it was a top game yeah, against a top absolutely. club. And I'm afraid that playing against Fulham does not no, inspire exactly. is that the too. crowd can to I, shout in the And we're lazy. Can I, we've had so much success. Yeah, can I... That, 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 no, it hasn't. Let, let, let me tell you a story. Um, in 2004, we played Manchester United in the FA Cup final and we got beaten 4-0. 1994? 1994, 94, sorry, yeah. not 2004. God, I am so old. Um, and we were walking back to the car and we were a bit fed up. It was our first cup final for 24 years and we got stuffed. And, and we were poor. And it rained. And it, it rained. rained. It never, enough. ever rains on FA mm. Cup final day. Pop and it was day. absolutely pouring. We were walking yeah. back to the car and we were so fed up. And we got to the car and just so happened that there were three guys, Man U fans, on the other side of the road. And one of my friends lost it and just went over and said, what's the matter with you? You've just won the bloody double. Look at you. You're not even celebrating. You're not even happy and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, a couple of years later, we won the cup in, in 97. Fantastic. Really up for it. A couple of years later, we were in the cup final again. Mm -hmm. And we, we turned up that day expecting to win. Mm. And we won. And afterwards... Villa. Yeah, it was three years later. And afterwards, I wasn't anywhere near as excited as I was when we won it in 97. And we have won so much over the last 15 years that I think it's natural 
it's not right, but it's natural to turn up and expect to win. Just turn up and win. And we we have been, in some respects, we've been desensitised. In 2012, when we won the Champions League, part of me thought it would be a really good idea never to go to another football game yeah, again I because the high... <laughs> no, seriously. Because yeah. the high that yeah. I got that It'll never be that good again. In fairness, nothing's even got close to that high since then. It's just, it, it's just the most amazing thing. Winning the league at Bolton in 2004. Mm. I've never, ever felt anything when we won the league again... I've never felt anything close to that. Well, I mean, and, and that is not. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I wasn't lucky enough to be at Bolton away in, in 2005, and, and, and I will regret that forever. I but was, I was there. But I, was I watched it. I watched it in a dodgy pub in in Pimlico. Yeah. At the final whistle, I, I my phone didn't stop ringing for the next five minutes, and I had all of the mates that I go to the games with who, who also couldn't make it. Their phone and me saying. What are you doing? What are you doing? We gotta go. We gotta go to yeah. Chelsea now. We gotta go. And we all met at Stamford Bridge, yeah. and there were three thousand people outside the stadium in Fulham Road, getting shit-faced for the I next was in five a Chinese hours. Restaurant <laughs> and, and, and they closed the road. It was the most insane yeah. thing. I mean, that's, that's what it meant to people, whether we could go or not. Yeah. I mean, I was I was working that Saturday, and I remember getting home just before Lampard scored the first yeah. goal. And then about 91st minute, I found my dad at home. Yeah. So I was on the phone to him for about two, three minutes, then you time talking to him. So when the final whistle went, I was on the phone to my dad. Yeah. But you had to go oh, there. Lovely. You yeah. had lovely. to be there yeah. to commune again, yeah. going yeah. right back to where we were a minute ago. The woman we next to me said, this is the happiest day of my life, yeah. she said, and hugged me. I'd never seen her I mean, before in my f- life. F- well, well, hugging you <laughs> hugging you should always be a happy day. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but I wanted to say to her, actually, surely it isn't. Surely there must be other things, you know. But no, I mean, but, but that just goes back football. to the atmosphere in the stadium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are, of unfortunately, we are an aging supporter. Yeah, yeah. because we all started. A lot of us started in nineteen seventy. Yeah, yeah. That's and, that, and I think, mm. but it is interesting that the Man City game, mm. like a week after yeah. the Fulham game, yeah. which was like a morgue, Awful. and the Man City game was off the scale. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. it was a proper thing, game thing against yeah. a fan. Is you can't necessarily articulate what it means. You know, if, if someone asked me to explain the Champions League win, what it meant, I struggle to really articulate in words what it meant. And like when I came home at six in the morning, woke my wife up and she goes to me. Was it a big match? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but like any type of you know sporting event like that, you know, I'm either blessed or cursed to be a Boston sports fan in addition yeah. to being a Chelsea fan. So like the uh, the yeah. first time the Red Sox, Red Sox. You know, won the World Series in my lifetime yeah. was incredible. Like I'll never be able to like yeah. replicate that level of experience. And so you don't have a way to transmute the feeling to someone else. If you could bottle it, you make millions. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, wish. It's like for me, for example, like. On the you know, going to I'm a Chicago Bears fan. Going to Soldier Field for the first time is yeah. probably the same way you feel about coming to Stamford Bridge. Yeah, I'm, just, not, I'm not sure there's incredible. a drug that could replicate the high you got out no. of Munich. No. no, impossible. I mean, and I, I Nick guess. is not challenging anyone to recommend a drug like that. I just want to be very specific. He is not asking anyone to recommend a drug that would replicate my feelings. looked into my soul and he's like, are you sure? I mean, it's, it's, I'm pretty sure. You know, it's you know, so the top one in my, you know, in my life. You know, it's, Even my, my wedding speech, I said to... When I did my speech, I've not been as nervous since drug was stepped up to take that penalty. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, he scored. Yeah. Uh, oh! So did Dan. But you know, going, going back to, to, to Munich, I mean, I believe, I mean, a very good friend of mine who I used to do a lot of work with on football programs, a big Man United fan. And to, to his eternal credit, actually, he phoned me up 
uh, just before I, I left to go to Munich because I only got a ticket at the last minute. And he said, mate, he said, whatever you do, if you win, he said, enjoy it. He said, because you'll never be that good again. And I thought, what the fuck are you talking about? But he was right. If we if we went if we won it again, it wouldn't be half as good. I mean, I was I was time. at Amsterdam the following year for the Cup yeah, Winners' Cup. I didn't even go. And it was it was a last minute win in a Cup yeah. final against yeah, Ivanovic, which huge, still wasn't. hasn't come close to that yeah. moment. Well, but you're I mean, right. I, mean, I, I didn't go to that because I thought there's no way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a terrible thing to say because I got offered a ticket. Yeah. There's no way I could replicate what had happened yeah, 12 months earlier. I didn't go because of Rafa, obviously. Yeah, I mean, those in Munich. I mean. I was the opposite end of the penalty were taken. I swear that the last penalty stepped up and you saw like Neuer going to the right, mm-hmm. penalty going to the left. And for about a second, the stadium was, you could hear a pin drop. Dead so silent. Quiet. Literally, that, not even a second, you could hear absolute quiet and you saw the ball go to the back of the net and then it was just like... Okay. Hands up who cried. Oh, oh yeah, everyone, yeah. I mean... I, got, I, was, by I, was myself. At, I was at a pub called Union Jacks in Columbia, Maryland and I remember... Dragba scores it, and this shirtless Englishman jumps off a pool table, and I, uh, I catch him in midair. And but it was that moment that like you could never. I, I still swear, when, if if you watch Louis specific penalty, visual, Mike. I still think he misses it oh, every time. Yeah, like, that was is it English? Beat? You're just like, how did that go in? Because yeah. it, it had I told, to actually, actually, I told my buddy Joe. I told my buddy Joe. I mean, I was, I was, Ashley Cole's penalty is the best one. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was, saying, I was with my friend, yeah. and we were on the day trip, first flight out. So we got the 89th minute after the call. I said, "Listen, mate, if this doesn't go in, let's go because I don't want to be here at full time." So we're literally 15 seconds from leaving the stadium before that corner, and the drop was scored, and that my, was it. My buddy Joe. So we were watching it in Omaha, Nebraska. That's where I'm from. Um, no one knows where that is here. That's hilarious. Nebraska. Uh, yeah. <laughs> middle, it's in America. A plus. Yeah. America. Well done, Justin. Well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, in, it's in the colony. Yeah. Context clues are very important here. <laughs> when, when, when did we give them back? How did that happen? We should have won in 1812, yeah. you know. To be fair, I, I told, if, you, if you want it back, we can negotiate. Look, I told my buddy Joe, I couldn't watch it. I couldn't watch the. Chelsea penalties. It, it, it was giving me like severe anxiety. And I told I told Joe, if we score, tap me on the shoulder, tap. I, I don't care. He full out laid me out, <laughs> <laughs> laid me out on the ground. He, tap you on the shoulder. It's like it's like a trust fall exercise, you know. Barreled me light as a board. Like, kind of like, 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 it was a whole thing. It was uh, called the fox and the hound. Oh, it wasn't like a special ball. No, no. You know, like car keys. And no. So, so I mean, definitely, definitely, Munich is is peak. For Chelsea, like you said, the first, I mean, it is literally like the biggest underdog story ever. But as we look at Chelsea today, and, you know, we are fortunate enough to come over with 25, 20 some, you know, fans. 30, 30. 30, 30 fans yeah. that, that said, hey. Round of applause. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Brilliant. You know, for us, we've been blessed to come and see Chelsea play multiple times now. It is amazing. It is what you know. All of these American fans should have the opportunity to do at some point if they can. Well, and all international fans too. Like I think we, you know, right. we talk primarily to an American audience. Correct. But, you know, we have engaged with people from, you know, multiple shout out Phil countries. Tran, Australia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We've got. Yeah, it's true. 
I think I think so for us. Yeah, we we I speak to the American audience based on where I live, but it is true for international. So is there anything um, besides not handing out song sheets? <laughs> In the stands, <laughs> besides banning us from we buying the, half and half scarves, we want all That's the songs to improve though, because we don't think the songs are good enough. Because at the well, moment they're not, they're, just they're, half and half. They're, yeah, they're all. The, the, none yeah. of the players get personal songs anymore. So you know, we. There. We'd, we'd, most most of the songs are anti-top. So what can we do? Well, so, I'll like, tell like, you what. Here's Brandon, our platform. Brandon, I'll tell you what you can do. You, right. you can do what we all kind of have to do. None of, none of us you know, are born knowing all of this. You have to take the red pill and go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. It's that simple, which means you immerse yourself in it. You find people who know more than you. You get drunk with them. You find out more. You, re you read more books. You go to more games. You go down that rabbit hole and you just go as far as you can. And you can find us in the pub before the match day. You know, if you want to get a real authentic, come, come to the cock or come to the yeah. Atlas pre But you know what I mean? That's yeah. what it is. Well, and I think it? to that point, though, it's the idea that we encourage and the level of in inclusivity and support. So, you know, because I think it's very easy to say, well, because someone didn't know this or because someone didn't know this and to make fun of it or to laugh at it or like, oh, man, I can't believe you didn't know that. Like, it's about understanding. But that's, but and the difficulty you have now, of course, is that everybody uses their, their kind of spirit guide as social media. And that's possibly the worst spirit guide you could Tread find. Tread carefully. Because, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just a cesspit of judgment. Just because they have an Eden Hazard logo it is, in their though, profile, but if you go that does not mean that they're Eden Hazard. Hazard either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, God, listen Surely, I always say, people come to me about tickets, so listen, I'll get you tickets, no problem, come to the pub, have a proper, you know, authentic Chelsea experience. Don't go to the stadium at half past one and pay eight pounds I, I a pint. I said Lindsay of, your way. Yeah, Lindsay's great, right. by yeah. the way, yeah. And don't pay like eight pounds a pint of Singer Piss, which is awful beer. Come to the pub with us, we'll look after you, you'll be welcome, because we go to a pub that is so welcome to anybody wherever you're from and that's the way to be to really immerse but there's, there's, in... a, there's another side to that i mean you know you could go with jonathan i was going to say this is going to say you you tell them what i was going to say because you it, from you it'd be more authentic when if you come with me you don't get experience anyway, at all no. no you just <laughs> no no well no no don't no no don't sell yourself short you just sit on the halfway line and he's got the best nobody does anything it's it's hospitality but what you'll find in there, you'll find people in there who have been going to see Chelsea for 40, 50 years, who know more than about this club than all, all of us sat here. But just because they do it differently and they don't go to the pub and they get oh. pissed and they don't go and sing songs, it doesn't make them any less Chelsea fans. Mm -hmm. They still have the same amount of well, passion it, it for it. Right? But yeah, yeah, but also they, get, they, and and they go, they go the, to masses the, of away games yeah, as well. The, mostly the Euro European, like. uh, David Wilkinson. David, yeah, you know. He is John Cleese's agent, theatrical, yeah. was John Cleese's he theatrical do agent. Walks, no. He doesn't do that, that's right. And he's been supporting them since he was a kid and he just knows everything, but he just made enough money ultimately to sit. We sit on the half Line, what used to be the, the director's box. The view is fantastic. And the, also the information you get just watching what's going on in the dugout, which is um, Chidge occasionally says, what happened there? And I'll say, well, you know, he went up. I remember when Gus Hiddink oh, yeah, yeah, fell yeah, over, yeah, got right. pushed over by when we, when we drew in the Spurs game and denied them the title. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, it, it happened right down below us. And I, I took a little video of it and put it on, on social media and, uh, and nobody had any idea what was going mind. on at the time. <laughs> so. But but, no, but I think you're in a wonderful position, though, about, in terms of status, because you make the journeys, and yeah. and I, I I can't believe that anybody would ever doubt your 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 credibility. Uh, yeah, absolutely, your yeah. credibility, because it's phenomenal right. what you do. Everybody's coming over and watching and loving and loving the team from afar is such a positive thing. It's brilliant. I mean, I'm, I'd love to. 
to uh, to like the New York Mets, you know, just because I've, I've been to New York a couple of times, you know, and, I, and I like an underdog. That's a bad idea. Like, no, I know, I know, but I know, I know. But I've got no, I've got I've got a hat though. I've got a hat, but you know what I mean. I just like to. I'm just trying I'd, to save I'd, him. I'd like to. Pres- the baseball game was Mets with like you know uh, Keith Hernandez and Daryl Strawberry. Yeah, well, yeah, well you oh you gosh. know things like that. I don't know anything about it at all. My point, my just my point being that I if I if I'd embraced that, I'm I like cricket too much. That's my problem. So I've got too many sports and I keep thinking oh I'd like to watch baseball oh I'd like, I'd like to get involved with that. and you think no don't Jonathan just leave it alone <laughs> but the, the very fact that you're so involved in football in soccer right. and you come over from the States to watch it I think it's unbelievably yeah. praiseworthy I just think you that is your status you should never ever think if anybody says I know, I'm, I know yeah, yeah I know more about it than you do yeah. and I, because even from their armchairs or whatever you just it's phenomenal yeah it's phenomenal and you can then just pick it up but you don't need to know everything you know I'm constantly criticising I said all the songs. I think they're ridiculous half the time. They just the very fact they're all singing. Was well, it Maurizio? Hate, I hate the players. I hate the, yeah, I hate, I hate the players. No, 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 I don't. No, it's like the, the Maurizio song. You know the Maurizio song. They're all going Maurizio, Maurizio. You go for God's sake! It's the same song as the Conte song. What's the matter with you? What is that's absolutely absurd. You know why? It's the one get too attached. It shouldn't be interchangeable. They ought to be. You know, I'm constantly criticising for that. But but and also the atmosphere is a completely different home away because the supporters yeah. are, you need to go away a few times if you want to pick it up but right. uh, you just you every, support it in your own way and I think it's exactly wonderful that. what you do exactly that. wonderful everybody's experience is different or unique to them you know you know I can't stand standing I, I, I hate yeah, it everybody I stands I can't I like stand sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you're too old to be fair no it's not because I'm too old it's because I've got it, so dodgy know, I, I, I really hate groupthink and this you know desire for I can't even pronounce it I've had too many beers homogeneity that yeah. do. Yeah. I can't stand that. You know, I, I, it's because the way I am, I'm an individual. I do things the way I like to do them. But I respect everybody else's right to do that too. As long as you all have the same end goal, which is you support Chelsea, you want to see them win. It's, surely it's that simple. That, that is the key point. So the bottom line is whether you're. You live in London, you live in America, whatever. If you're Chelsea, you, you've got to love you because you're yeah. Chelsea. It doesn't really matter. Exactly. It's, it's kind of like the huge extended family. Well, there's more that unites us than divides us, and that's yeah. the point. And I think, I think what social media does is that it, it moves you away from that. that well, it it amplifies a singular viewpoint. It amplifies difference, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and it, it helps to kind of create this divide that doesn't really exist. So when you come over here and understand what that relationship is, what that connection is, you know, I remember my first Chelsea game was going to see Maccabre Tel Aviv in the Champions League, and Clayton actually helped hook me up with the ticket, and we had lunch, you know, a, a meal beforehand, and it was fantastic. And you know, it was the start of a really wonderful in-person relationship with Chelsea. And let's face it, Dan, half, half the players didn't go the first time we played them. What? <laughs> I was going to say with you. No, I didn't say it with me. How do we how do we highlight the you know to your point? If there's more that unites us than divides us, how do we highlight the stuff that unites us more? Well, well we're, we're here. here. We're here yeah, for a start. Yeah, we're here. And, and, and just share. Yeah. Like, but I, I, for I, our don't, I don't. Too. I don't think. It's going to be hell to edit for our editor, so apologies. Good. Is there anything else we could do to make it? <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of fuss. Shall, I shout, of shall, fuss. I, shall, I, shall I shout the word sausage out for no apparent reason? <laughs> yeah, do that. For the next few minutes. Yeah. Okay. No, Jake has got this under control. He is an absolute pro. Sausage. Um, <laughs> well, if, you, if you talk backwards, that's impossible to edit. Nick, <laughs> <laughs> your point, you know, how can you, how can you get away from that? Well, I think if, if, if you exist... 
in the bubble of social media, you can't, because that's what social media does. As I just said, it, it's there to amplify difference, and then it all goes crazy. It's like somebody's chucked some acid in, the, in a vat and you have to dive <laughs> headfirst into it. But I think if you come out into the real world, then actually you find far more you know, similarity. Sanity. Sanity. You find you more commonality with people. If you take social media with a massive pinch of salt... If you go to the pub, for example, rather than Twitter... Yeah. Right? If, if you look at Twitter and that's how you looked at Chelsea, you'd be you're mad. Yeah. Just take anything you see on Twitter with a massive pinch of salt. All the fan accounts... You know, well, they're, they're we need to play all the youth, we need to sell all the youth, we need to hire yeah. this manager, we need to fire this so manager. We need to, uh, <laughs> but, but the thing is about Twitter, no. Twitter is like, you know, a mass expulsion of everybody's inner dialogue. Yeah. And there's a reason why we call it inner dialogue. It shouldn't really come out, you know, and that's what happens. But I think in the pubs, as, as, as we were just about to say, it's, it's, you know, you have to try and find common ground with people. You kind of want to get on with people. That's Can you imagine what the pub would be like if it was like Twitter? Yeah. It'd be a brawl. Absolutely. It couldn't be a brawl because you wouldn't be able to look at anybody. No, else. I would be blocking yeah. everybody. I'd be yeah. looking yeah. at the bartender. would just be like that. That's yeah. Can, yeah. I, can yeah. I just say the one thing about social media? Is it without it, none of us would be here. That's yeah. very true. You know, and that's and it's how you are as a person. I mean, I basically follow people of a like mind, and I don't get into a lot of the rubbish that other people get into. Now, I'm not saying I'm perfect, and I know I'm not. You are perfect. You're I, perfect. I just want to have that thank one you, thank you very much. But social media is extremely divisive. You know, and, and the thing is that you've got to pick who you follow. You'd have to agree with everybody, but you shouldn't bite every time somebody says something stupid. There's a particular person, I think we all know who he is, who basically rants into a phone for, for 90 seconds talking absolute and utter garbage, who I blocked months ago because I found him completely offensive, divisive. And he's here and just... tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I, wish, I really wish he was because I've got a few things that I'd like to give him. But, but the point is, it, it's, it's a glue to social media in some respects, and then it's very divisive, and, and you've got to be in control of that. Well, and, and, you know, to that point, our podcast would have never started without Twitter. Yeah, yeah you exactly know? right. Brandon sends out the message, Nick well, hello. and hello. I, I mean, basically... I know him through Twitter. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I know I, through Twitter. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I thought you were my friend. It's, it's <laughs> right? yeah. Any of our Twitter, I, 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 I feel like, like right. at times people, people have forgotten that we have this expectation that we, we're going to beat any team below us, mm -hmm. and then if we're playing a team above us, we're going to beat them too. It, it's a game, and, but, and, and I feel like we, we get away from the idea of yeah. if you've played the game, there are times where you yeah. play poorly, but, and it's a bad performance, but and you Mike, need to Mike. check out and just, just let it be. Mike, it's when, a bad match. When I first started doing the podcast, I had this hilarious bloke, some of you may remember if you were listening to it back then, but a guy called Chell Tell, who uh, became something of a peculiar legend while we were doing the show. <laughs> Ch Ch he's, he's, he's got about five years on me. I think he's nearly 60 now. If, if we lost a game of football, he wouldn't talk to anybody for a week. He, he would <laughs> suck. I remember next Saturday. I, I, I had him lined up to do a podcast in the days that we would do that. I think we, we would wait a day before we recorded because we were, we were too pissed to do it after the match. So, and, and I had to spend half an hour on the phone to persuade him to come in and do a show because he could not he could not and would not accept 
that Chelsea could lose a match. This is a this is a grown man, older than me, who'd been supporting them since he was five. So you know, it takes all sorts basically. But you know, I, I can, honest, I can honestly say that when we lose a game of football, I feel as crappy yeah. as when I had to go into school on the Monday. Yeah. Following yeah, a game that we'd lost, exactly. it, ru- it, it just ruins everything that's what for me. Does to you. It kind of has such an impact on your life. I mean, there's times like when yeah. we lost to Spurs last season. Oh. I, mean, I was yeah. fuming. I'd never been so upset, angry, well, all the emotions you can imagine. And I had to go to my mum's for dinner. I was like, oh my god, well, it's, 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 it's identity. Yeah, you, you know, Chelsea's a part of our identity, that. and we associate <laughs> so much emotion with what happens on the field and what happens with the club. And I think it's very easy to get caught up in the fact and start to not be able to disassociate like yourself yeah. from the sport and to take a moment to say I like mean, you know the fact that we lost is absolutely shitty and terrible yeah. but you know what that should not it's going to ruin part of my weekend but I shouldn't let ruin all of my weekend I, mean, I should be like a terrible like we, spouse or yeah, a terrible yeah. friend I mean, for I like had, two um, days the reason we don't record right after matches yeah. is that yeah, it was. I mean, your your perspective the day after versus an hour after, yeah. or a minute after, yeah. or five minutes after, well, we, or we, we, seconds, I mean, after? seconds after. Unless we've won. <laughs> yeah, but we used to do that. That's right. I, don't, I never yell. Nick, we never. used to do that, and and, and it was it Bullshit. was hilarious because we would be utterly raw emotionally, whether we'd lost or won. We obviously in different directions, but and and, and the whole damn show was just it's, insane. It's but what would happen? And I think this is why, in a sense, it kick-started whatever it was we did and whyever it became popular. But, you know, what, what we did, we laid bare what everybody else was going through at the same time. And it was an emotional roller coaster. If we'd lost, we'd be ranting, we would be, d- d- we would be depressed, we would be drunk. But by the end of two hours, we, we were all mates and having be, a laugh. You would be drunk. We went, we went through that. No, we were all drunk. They were worse than me. Yeah, but you know, we would go through that roller coaster of emotions, and we would come out the other side. So it was, it became a kind of a really weird, cathartic experience for us doing it, and also for people who listen to it. It's bizarre. It's the kind of thing. It, it becomes completely out of character for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, you know, well, I'm not a Chelsea. I'm generally quite well mannered. Don't swear much, and I'm quite a normal I've seen person. Football, mate. No, not outside of, outside of Chelsea, I'm quite normal, quite well mannered. I mean, I remember what's now my wife. I took her to a Chelsea match about five months into our relationship, and I was. Pretty calm. We played Spurs. That was it. Spurs in the League Cup final, which we you lost. And my friend couldn't make it. So. Wife to a, to yeah. a Spurs well, Chelsea Spurs in the Cup final, and we began. About we were supposed five to win months. it, weren't we? My friend couldn't make it. So, do you want to come to Chelsea? And she went, Yeah. Do you think I'll see Cheryl Cole? I'm like, Probably not, but come anyway. So anyway, <laughs> we lost two one. About five minutes to go, I was getting fuming. I was swearing. I was slating some Hollister. She went to me, Oh, you do swear then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. My girlfriend wooed me by uh, coming along to the uh, Arsenal-Chelsea League Cup final in Cardiff, saying, oh, I quite like football, I'll come and watch it with you. The only game she's ever seen. Has no interest in it at all. Yeah, I would definitely have our Saturday mornings get off to an interesting start sometimes, depending on the Chelsea result, yeah. Morgan. What you don't know is Brandon's girlfriend is in the audience. Just I can't as he says hide this. behind she that. She's saying nothing. Morgan, come. <laughs> red is a Manchester United kid She's right as now. Red as a yeah. tomato right now. Look, hey. you know, my, my wife, my <laughs> wife tells me that she can tell uh, whether Chelsea have won or lost. Oh, she can. We, we, we yeah. live in we, uh, we live in a basement flat in Pimlico, and we have to I have to go down these stairs 
to get to the front door. And she says, she can tell whether we've won or lost by how I walk down the stairs. <laughs> and the colour of your plums. <laughs> that has nothing to do with the football, though. Or right, whether we've won right. or lost. So I guess I, I kind of want to just put a nice little bow on it and want to just be, you know, the fact is, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, like, there are amazing highs of being a Chelsea fan. We are so blessed that there's Chelsea content. It is accessible everywhere today. Um, and it's become more so, won't it, do you think? Mm. Do you think there'll eventually be, uh, the technology advances, it'll be, you know, 3D in We're your front room. In the stand, You'll be sitting there, you'll be sitting on the pitch. You'll be playing with the players. You know, the VR way. that you can use yeah. behind the goal yeah, yourself. as you watch yeah, the match yeah. from home. <laughs> yeah. Look, the Super Bowl did it. This last Super Bowl oh, did it. But, I, you know, that's potential. The other thing is, no matter if you're going to home matches, away matches, if you're, you know, whatever, there is also, you know, challenges and hurdles to get over, just like everyone. And, and to me, I guess my biggest takeaway from all of this is it just depends on your approach. If you go to someone, whether it's online or in person, uh, with a point to prove, it will never end well. But if you go there, I've actually been on Clayton's timeline, actually somewhat recently, and I was asking about... Well, I, there, there's a discussion kind of about a specific player, and I think we're actually about the front three. And I was like, there's a lot of good movement and passing and interchanging, and someone else jumped in who I know, and they're like, but there was no end product. And we had a discussion, but the difference was, I wasn't there. I'm interested in hearing that other perspective so I can form my own. There's just a difference, I think, and it all comes to everyone's approach and demeanor, and obviously social media. You can throw up a random avatar, like you said, and hide behind it if you want, but... We have been very big uh, ourselves and why we love the fan cast and, and, and the other members kind of on the, on the fringes of that because we can come together and we've been welcomed and we said, we've raised our hand and said, hey, we love this team. We want to be a... We don't know. We want well, to be a part of the community. Yeah. And, and as Chidge pointed out when we were kind of planning this podcast and we were kind of talking about the topics, you know, he talked about the, the two words, which I think are the most important key message that we beer can leave. Beer and beer. Beer and beer, yes, that, that's, a, that's a good two. Those were not the first two you beer mentioned, beer. was mutual respect. Yeah, It's absolutely. the mutual respect yeah. between the international supporter and the local supporter for the plights that we have, for the highs that we have, and understanding that everyone comes to this There's game. There's no reason not to, to yeah. be like yeah. that. Right. As far as I'm it, saying, right. that's just, yeah. But that's what but I that's said how in the beginning. Your family, your Chelsea family. family. That's what I said, I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. I really just don't understand just like anybody who has got an opinion that says, well, you don't go, so you don't care. You know, you, you can't know what it's like. I just don't get it. It's, it's, you've got to respect everybody. And it's continuing to you preach really have, the idea from of the that guy respect. Who does the 90 second it's continuing to preach the idea of that respect so that we can continue to erode whatever divide may or may not exist and continue to build a stronger coalition of supporters as, you know, Chelsea grow as a, you know, yeah, I think don't let anyone ruin Chelsea for you. Yeah. Like fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know it's it's also that experience of of watching from the matches and and I think sometimes there's a discredit to uh, instant replay and some of the the TV angles in which when you're at the pitch and you're looking from a different angle what looks like the defender's right on somebody it might be 10 yards. There's a different angles and you know, unless you've really played the game or you're really looking from an overhead view or a different angle, it, sometimes it really looks like those players should have been there yeah, when I mean, they aren't. But that if, close if, if, if you've been at the match, I mean, as Jonathan will chuckle when I say this, but 
You know, we, oh, get, we, we, we go on, we go on all the time. <laughs> Your timing is woeful. Terrible. I was doing it before. <laughs> do do set up, Toby. But, you know, when we're at the match live, we get one chance to see whatever happens. And from one angle. Yeah. From one angle. Yeah. So, yeah, whilst we can sit here and say, well, we see the whole pitch and the whole game, which to an extent we do, we only ever see it happen once. So if you're watching it on TV, you get 14 different replays from every bloody angle. In slow motion. So, so you probably have a much better idea. I mean, the number of times I've gone home and said, what, what, how did, what happened with that? Who right. scored, you know? It happens every week, you know? So you can't even use that as an argument to beat people if, up with. If you were going to start the conversation, like, you're in the stadium and I'm watching on TV, this is what I saw. Mm. Tell, tell me exactly. what you saw. And I have four different replays, and NBC Sports in America does a phenomenal job of covering the matches. They basically every angle you could ever want. Just and watch I'm like, No, Murata <laughs> surprisingly was offside there. Well, that, that one we can always guarantee. Yeah, we got that. <laughs> you know. um, can you place a bet on that one? Yeah, right. Number of offsides? No, at least we're able to start the conversation. A lot of people go into it saying, what I saw is the word. Like, mm. There is no other way around exactly. it. Exactly, it's too black and, and, and white. Then, and then two people are going at it with yeah. saying like, ah, well, no, actually. They're we, terrible, we sell have, them. We have, we have 50 replays showing the other thing. Like, come on, man. Like, You know, the, the other thing that I would say about support generally, you know, we, we're all, you know, me, Clayton, and Jonathan are in our 50s. Dan's only a little bit younger. We will go in the next 20 years or so. None of us will probably be going there anymore, and there'll be a whole new tranche of supporters that are going on. So that we can't sit here and say, well, that's the only way to support the club, because in a few years we'll be gone anyway, so the new people that come in, they will be supporting the club the way they want to, and then in 40 years' time they'll be gone, and then the next tranche will come on. And, I mean, you could, I mean people who were going in the 50s probably look at us and say, what a bunch of idiots, the, the way that they support the club. People who were going in the 30s would probably say the same, know, and I so think, on, so on, so on. I it think always we're, changes. Except we're more knowledgeable than they were in that period. Well, you, you only know that because you were there then. And also we've got more, <laughs> <laughs> also yeah. more available to us, you know, with facts. Yeah, facts, facts yeah, yeah, yeah. All the kind of new... Mostly new, via Twitter. Well, new stuff like, you know, XG, expected goals, which is a load of bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still about yeah. goals with matches, expected goals. I hate that. Expected goals, what? Expect to win. Yeah, damn yeah, but, fight, but, you know, no! But, uh, Dan, <laughs> Dan, Dan, put it one another way, you know, there was no, there was no kind of singing like we know it now in the 50s. If you started singing, somebody would go, you just shut up there in the front row. Shut up! Trying to watch the game! So things do change and they evolve and it's all different and it's, I think it's a generational thing. There's a lot of, you know, with the invention of Sky and all the money's coming, there's been a lot of very good things that have come into football, but also conversely, a lot of bad things as well. Well, my only hope is that in five, ten years' time that, you know, kids will actually be able to afford to go. If we can't do anything about that, the game's dead in my book. The thing is, though, if you look at Sky, if they, if, for example, they don't meet the right deal, then you've got Amazon or Netflix or pick up, you know, so the money's going to continue to go into the game because there'll be huge companies like Amazon, Netflix, who can afford to pay billions of pounds to stream matches because they, you know... But this is, this is the fundamental issue, isn't it, in football, is that, you know, can football now exist without television money and I, and I think I use the word television yeah. very broadly so I include the fang companies as well can the game exist with that because actually it should do because the game has always been very simple it's about 22 players kicking a ball around on a pitch and you know anywhere between a few hundred and a few thousand people watching yeah. it if it can't exist on that model anymore it is truly well, fucked the, the, you know sort of football is as you say 22 players but you know, will it exist without the you know two hundred thousand pound contracts? That's, that's my point. That's the issue. You know, will it, but then it existed up until 
1994 pre-Sky, mm -hmm. and it could potentially exist beyond that. Well, that's the that's the. I was issue, re reading Kevin Barker's book about you know the uh, Chelsea mm. in, the, in the 80s, and the, the, the contract even players they were earning six, seven, eight hundred pounds a week even then. So obviously, mm. relative increases over the years. Mm. But you know, listen, the bubble won't burst because there'll always be somebody else who pick up the, mm. the slack. Because it's shown all over the world, and the advertising if, revenue is so enormous. I think if Sky lose their monopoly, I think we'll, we will start to see seeing, you know, like the NFL move games to the UK. I think we'll yeah, start I'm, I'm convinced already. that will happen. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the, the, NFL, the NFL. If I was yeah. an NFL fan, eight, eight home games a season. If you lose one home game, that's. Shit. I, I think we would universally say that we would never want to see a Premier League game played outside of the UK Agreed. in the US yeah, audience. That's, like that. No, that's, that's awful. The thing but, is that but why? You guys are, but, but why? The NFL come, you know, no one's complaining when the yeah, NFL the, the comes NFL, the other way. Yeah, I, I don't think it would hurt it. No, the thing is that there's difference. Like, I kind of think you guys Cultural are, uh, difference, you guys are match going with okay. American fans versus kind of guys that, you know, will perhaps have support three teams in, you know, they're, they're like City, Chelsea, Spurs. You guys are what I call match-going American fans, right. and you don't want it because you understand what football is about, the roots, the history, the culture, and to take a game to America will completely and utterly destroy the game. NFL is very different because yeah. a lot of you guys are franchises, so you'll happily move a team from east to west coast or wherever it might be. So it's quite a different. Well, and and do, teams, do think... teams move cities. Like yeah. teams yeah. have yeah. left yeah. their yeah. fan so, bases and I mean, said, "See you later. I'm going to go to the city with a better deal." Like three yeah. times in ten but years. do we think the overall issue? Could we solve the tourist slash supporter issue to make something that's more uh, cost effective for local real supporters and then tourists? By increasing the size of, of stadiums, if we had a if we had a sixty thousand capacity stadium for Chelsea, then who would care about tourists being there? If you could if you could have uh, a decent price for local fans, so that you could still have the atmosphere, because that's what we have in the U.S. We don't have the issue in which I feel like we're very much arguing over. There's only forty thousand people who can be there, so if any tourists are coming, it's taken away from you know real born and bred local supporters. Can, can you solve that by saying, you know what, if you're a tourist, go to the upper part, let but us have our the, team. The, the, new, the new stadium will only have, I think, is it 5,500 new season ticket holders? Yeah, yeah. the rest goes to corporate, corporate hospitality. But, 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 I mean, go I, large. Okay, look at me. I love NFL, so I went to, I've seen the Redskins, I've seen right. the Giants, I've seen... I'm sorry about the Redskins. I, know. I, I went to see My the wife game. is a Redskins supporter, and she's... Yeah, they, they got me really Seattle, bad. but I, I go and I picked up a ticket really easily, and I, kind of, I, I don't think about the impact it might have. In fact, it's on StubHub. It means that somebody is selling their ticket because they don't want to go or they can't go. Right. So that's my issue, you know. And the NFL coming here, because I don't have the same passion for NFL as I do for Chelsea, right. it doesn't really have an impact on me because I think, okay, great, I can go and watch a game at Wembley and see the NFL. But, but you know, the MLS is a good example in which, in Seattle, right, the average attendance is 40,000. But they have a, they have a stadium of 70,000. So when, when people aren't, when they're not selling at the 40,000, they have the upper area, they have tarps that cover it. So yeah. it looks fine. But for big matches, they have the ability to increase that size. And I, I think that there's something that could be said that if you could create more standing room sections or there, there are ways to deal with the, you know, the stadium and, and the fans and still still allow for both to coexist. Allow the tourists to come, but allow the people who live there to also. It's the approach. Do you think that like, if you look at like, um, football's quite tribal in the UK, right. and you come and look like a, say, your average Chelsea fan versus your average, I don't know, Seattle fan in, right. um, in NFL, would you say there's a difference in them? I mean, I kind of think, because Seattle quite conceivably, or that wouldn't happen, could move to 
So Louis, for sake of argument, because they could change, it wouldn't happen. It, no, it's, but they could it's be the possible. Do you I, find that American sports fans, per se, your, your major sports are quite different to a a football fan in the UK? So you've got your NFL, your yes. Yeah, I mean, so Seattle so lost the Supersonics, two, and it's it's been a wound that's never been healed. So yeah. I think there's I, two main reasons of we don't have the roots that it is that it exists here, and yeah. it's a franchise model. Yeah. This isn't like a community built it. It's owners. Which is a one-off. Yeah, but so I think that yeah, it, it's they're very different models. Like uh, I, you know, and I think that's a big difference. Like you can kind of choose who you support because the NFL only and NBA and baseball only have franchises in certain cities, yeah. and the ones they can make the most money. Whereas football yeah. is in in the UK it's, and Europe is very much more grassroots and is yeah. built it's up over a hundred yeah. years. So. I think that that's their big differences. I personally love English and European football a thousand times more because of that. It's more organic, but that is something that is incredibly hard to repeat um, kind of our end. So, anyways, I thank everyone. Um, this this could go on forever, 100%. This will go on. But, but it, we this need won't to go, be the end. But we need to go drink more beers. And that is it. Yeah. And that's where we're at. So our so friends that are here, playing. again, thank you for hanging out with us. We appreciate you guys being here. Also, a, uh, a big thank you to the Classic Football Shirts team, also for staying late, keeping it open, supplying the beer. And obviously a huge shout out to the FanCast friends as well. Thank you so much for welcoming us. Hey, until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep, Keep the, the blue, blue flag, flag flying high. high.